Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, put a little bit. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey, put a little Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Good for me to hear that clip this time because uh, sometimes I go too fast. And if you do that, with Chad D. Diminisis on the line when you're introducing him, you could make a mess out of that because you really have to sort of, if you're me, unless you're smarter and you can go faster, just like rip that off. But I need, I need to make sure I speak slowly when I say Chad's name so I don't get flustered. Glad to have Chad join us here on the West Her Hotline. He is with Expected Buffalo. It's his site. And any Sabres fan wanting to know what's really up should know about it. Chad, thanks. Yeah, and thanks for the kind words. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Always, always. Even in private. We've never met, but even in private, I'm like, Chad's the guy, you gotta, you gotta, if you think you have an idea, I really mean this, like, if you have an idea for the Sabres that you want to test, you have to see if Chad agrees with it. Like, there are a handful <laughs> of guys I would say that about, and you're definitely, in my opinion, one of them. So, here, here's where I want to start. Um, and I don't say this to necessarily flatter you or even myself, like, uh, there's a certain way we think the Sabres are operating now, more data-driven. I just say that generally. I think that's correct. And so I want to know, like, so here it is deadline week. Do you, what do you think the conversations they're having sound like? And Chad, are the, are they the conversations you would think they should be having, right? Like, are, are they operating in such a way where you think maybe if you asked yourself, what they should do here at this deadline that you'd be confident the Sabres would largely look at the situation the same kind of way? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think they're looking at it as maybe maybe a year ahead of where they thought they would be. Um, so in, in one sense, they don't want to overreact to that. And they want to start moving too fast now because, you know, Kevin Adams says that whenever he – it's almost whenever he talks. He talks about the plan that he has and he's going to stick to it. And really there's no reason that he shouldn't because, to the guy's credit, to this point he has almost pulled off his plan flawlessly. So really, while it can be frustrating that maybe he won't do all the things they hope he can, that he could do, um, there's no reason to question the plan that he has put forth so far. Uh, and I also think they're looking strategically what player – if they bring someone in, would fit this team 
uh, not only from a systematic standpoint in terms of them being an up-paced rush team that likes to play high event hockey, so you want to get a player that can play in that style. Uh, also, probably what fits in a locker room aspect, because that's a big thing for them. Uh, so they don't want to rock the boat too much here, I don't think, in terms of making too many changes. Uh, and I think that's the right way to go about it. They have a team here who has shown that they have the capability here over the next 24 games to be a playoff team. Uh, they've done it for, you know, what, three months, four months of the season now. So there's no reason to believe that this group can't do it. But at the same time, I think they see that they can even help them a little bit further. And, and I think ultimately that's what they want to do. It's just going to have to be something within their price, and, and that fits what they're looking for for their roster. So considering what you think their approach is and your knowledge of what the market looks like, like what what's the best-case scenario here? Am I making – see, this? I, I guess I'm speaking generally again, but this is where I'm at, Chad, is a couple of minor moves, a couple of maybe role-player types, especially in terms of the blue line, where my chances of – making the playoffs are a little better, but I'm not sacrificing anything that I think will slow me down past this year. Yeah, I agree with that in one, besides one thing, and that's if Arizona comes off their chicken price, that might change in somebody that could come in beyond this season. Uh, but I think other than that, they're looking for, I don't want to say a low-key move, but you know, a rental or maybe a guy that has one year left in his contract. Uh, Nick Jensen, somebody I wrote about over the weekend that I know they're interested in. I know they've uh, at least two points in the season now have tried to work something out uh, to bring him in. So that's the guy they're looking at. It all depends what the Capitals want to do with him. If they want to resign him or put him on the block, we'll see what happens in the next few days. Uh, so that's a defenseman. I think overall their target is defense. Um, you know, I, I think the tuck injury could make them look at forwards. But again, if they do that, I think it would be some kind of low, low depth, like bottom six forward, nothing crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I still think the main focus here is going to be defense, and there's the good thing for them this year looking for a defenseman, there are a handful uh, out there that, that they can go look for. So it's really a buyer's market on the blue line. So they should be able to find one uh, if they really want to add and they find that right price. How much of a difference would it make, Chad? I mean, there, all these kind of moves around the deadline, you think about the positive effect. You know, I'm a better team. That's how they talk, right? Anything to make us better, we're a better team than we were yesterday. The deadline comes around. You've got, like, less than a third of the season to go. And I just wonder, like, what is the plus EV here on, on some of these guys? Am I am I one game better if I add a player like this? Like, it has to be you – don't, you don't know the future, but it has to be significant yeah. enough to, to make it worthwhile. Yeah, so that's the interesting in hockey because – you know, a lot of these guys, um, there's really not that there's, there's going to be a handful of players that drastically change the outcome of your team. Mm -hmm. So, like, Connor McDavid, for example, I think it's worth, like, and he's the best player in the world, I think he's worth, I don't know, 10 to 12 standing points. And, and, but that's at the max, right? So, you know, it's, there's really not anybody that's going to drastically change anything. Now, I, I think, though, when you take it in the aspect of, let's just stick with Jensen, right, because he's the guy that kind of makes the most sense here. If they bring in Mick Jensen and they replace Kel Clegg and Bryson with Mick Jensen, well, that's a huge improvement. That's a guy that can go into your top four immediately, uh, play good minutes. He fits in your system. He's a veteran. He has playoff experience. And that's a massive upgrade. Now, if you're going to bring in somebody at a lower level that 
um, let's say Dante Fabro, he came to line first. You know, he's he's not Nick Jensen. He's still a good upgrade, but he's not the same. Um, I think your value of improvement isn't is still there, but not at the same level. So, I, I think it depends on the player. Ultimately, um, you're not going to get any guy that's going to work two, three standing points of improvement. I think even if you bring Chickren in, you're really not going to see that either. Uh, but I, I think that there is, you know, if we're going to say with standing points, I think you can get a guy that maybe can give you one or two games of improvement. And that might be what it comes down to at the ultimate end of the day when you're trying to make playoffs. And the appearances are good, too. I mean, uh, we've had many years of Darcy Regeer, like just wanting to see the Sabres come off like, you know, they were re- willing to push. It's what a sports team should do. And this team has been out of it for so long. I, I wouldn't want to see them do nothing, you know. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Just g- give give me something here. I just uh, don't think the time is right for a big move. Part of my thinking is, and really I've just come to this, I guess it's after the Meyer trade, Chad. I mean, New Jersey becomes one more team. They're already good, but one more team that I think is just at least a level up. Do you care to factor in how good the top teams in the conference, one of whom you would play if you make it, are relative to you? Or is the NHL playoffs too random to want to have you want to think like that? Yeah, I think it's too random, um, especially the way the playoffs are built, that I think I more care about what happens in my division than the conference. Well, still, I, I think New Jersey is an ascending team as the Sabres are. Uh, they were a year ahead of them. Like I think the Sabres want to beat New Jersey next year. Um, but I, I'm more concerned on what's happening in, in the division. And the division itself is, is interesting. If you kind of think about the Sabres ascending and you have your top three teams that have been locked in for a long time, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, and they're all, you know, right now throwing haymakers, giving away all mm-hmm. these assets to go ahead and try to chase the cup, and rightfully so. Well, if you look at it down the road, they're trading picks two, three years out. And some of these teams now are realizing when they're doing deals with this team, Tampa Bay and Toronto, I don't want your pick this year. I don't want your pick next year. I want your pick in three years because I'm going to catch you on a downswing. And, you know, that, I think that works in the favor's favor that as they're coming up, you can see some of these teams that are really going to try to go for it the next year or two start to come down as they truly ascend. Uh, so that's one of the interesting things I think we've kind of seen unfold here over the last month. Uh, that I think benefits the Sabres now. I mean, Tampa Bay seems like they always pull these guys out of nowhere, and they'll probably just keep going. But for, like, Toronto and Boston, um, you know, I think it's possible that in the next couple of years we can start to see them come back down and the Sabres come back up and maybe jump over them. Well, we're going to need that, right? Like, these teams are not going to stay good forever, and if the Sabres are going to be the Devils or some team making a, another big jump in the Sabres' case, somebody's going to have to suffer, <laughs> or else we're looking at the most... I don't know, maybe the most stacked division ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I think it's just working out good timing. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that are going to happen. Teams can always find ways to just bring a guy in. I mean, Toronto can change their whole fortune um, and just bring some guy in because that's what Toronto does. Or, you know, Matthews could leave that team in two years and it's a completely different team. You, you don't know. Uh, but I, I think they position themselves kind of in a good spot right now where they're going to catch some of these guys coming down while they're going to be ascending. Um, and if that isn't the case, then you know, then I guess you're gonna have to battle those teams for a top three. You're gonna be fighting for a wild card spot for a couple of years, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Chad Dedeminisis, expected Buffalo on the West Her Hotline. I'm Mike Shope. Bulldog is off this week. If you didn't hear or don't know the players, Chad has mentioned Washington defenseman Nick Jensen. He's 32. Also Dante Fabro of Nashville, who's much younger. A couple of possible 
defensemen in the NHL the Sabres might have some interest in, or in fact, Chad, I believe you said you know that they have interest in Jensen? For Jensen, at least, yes. At, at least Jensen, okay. What do you think of their chances of making it? Uh, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said probably not great, where now I'm sitting there. I think I think it's pretty good. Um, they're a weird team. They're, they're a weird team. Like In the sense that like their schedule upcoming is difficult, but they seem to always beat the good teams and struggle with the bad teams. Like it would, it would, I would not be shocked if they lose on Tuesday to Columbus and they go beat Boston and Tampa Bay because that's just what they've done. It, it's wild. It, it, it's weird how this season has gone, and that's why the strength of schedule, when I get all these models are only at you know 20%, 30% chance, everyone's like, why? Why is that the case? It's because strength of schedule and also because of these models, too, the Sabres have so many young players, they don't have any – previous data to go off of so they're kind of just putting in a standard rookie or standard young player um projection where that's not really the case you know we're seeing Dylan cousins and power and all these young guys kind of do the things they're doing so i think from a public model standpoint that's why we're seeing the variance to what realistically the chances are so mm-hmm. i think if they can continue to stay healthy um the tuck injury hurts uh hopefully it's only you know two to three weeks and they can survive that Darlene hopefully it's only a couple of days here maybe misses one maybe two more games they get him back in but as long as they stay relatively healthy, uh, and, and if they get an improvement here on the blue line, um, I, I really like their chances. You know, they just got to keep going. And we just, I, I you know, you keep waiting for the wheels to fall off, and, and they haven't yet. So at this point, you kind of got to give them the credit that, you know, they only have to get 60%. My goal is 95 points, and they got to get 60% of the points remaining, and they've been doing that for, you know, two and a half months now. So, you know, that, that to me gives them pretty good odds to get there. Yeah. A team that has more success against the better teams and also more success on the road, that must make, uh, and I, I don't mean to ask this like I don't know this, Twitter fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 20%. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, last week, you know, it's funny, is like that Toronto loss happens and like, I don't want to say everybody's losing their minds, but it's, I mean, again, you'll get embarrassed by a division rival at home and everyone's like, oh, this team, and uh, here come the wheels fall off and then, Oh, they go out and they win in Tampa Bay in Florida where they never win. And then they go, you know, basically below the capital of the building. That game was not even close as a 7-4 to four game. Like, so I, it's a team that's hard to protect. I don't know. They're young, they're fun, and, and that, that's what I'll take at this point. Without talking Darlene. So, uh, exactly. yeah, that, that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of the numbers and sort of the, the way the sport is. You've got to embrace that. I know, I know I'm not saying you don't. It's just you've got to embrace that sort of – all over the board kind of quality you get. I mean, I've been sitting here, and maybe you have in your chair too, Chad, all these years. Can the Sabres just luck into a good goaltending year where, you know, they're counting the years going by without a playoff game series, let alone a win, and just let me have a year where my goalie's in the 930s and my team's bad, but we don't even really know it, (laughs) and you know? But we we haven't had that either. Goaltending, we should talk about that at least once here. Chad, like it's it's been rough this year. Is there any chance in your mind they do anything about goaltending this week? I wouldn't. Um, so I wrote an article about it. Uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week when uh, Talbot and Corpusala were kind of becoming a thing uh, in the trade block, if you will. Um, so it's actually a really good podcast that I will recommend to people. Uh, PDO cast um, that Don Filipovich did with Kevin Woodley uh, on goaltending. I think it was like. February 17th or 16th is when it was out. Definitely go listen to that because they really focus on goaltenders. And one of the things that they talked about in that podcast is how a lot of people don't take into account how a goaltender midseason going from one team to another rarely works because 
it's going to a new system. And while a goaltender may have good numbers in this system, if you put them in another system, a more high event system, then they have to change how they're playing. They have to change how they're playing behind a new system and have a new defense group in front of them. So that kind of got me to dig into, you know, I went back with the last four years at goaltenders that have been traded at the trade deadline. And there was 14 of them and only one goaltender had a post deadline positive save goal save above expected so all of them were negative goal save above expected every single one besides one and that was scott wedgwood last year was like a point oh five nine <laughs> everything else was below so really it never works so for me it, it, now if it's going to be a long-term solution if you want to go with let's say demko or i don't know you know Vimelka, let's say he, he's a guy you can go get which i think his price is crazy but maybe you can get him uh then okay on the long term fine I'll, i'm interested in that on a short term to play six seven games I don't think I'm going to get much of an improvement over Luka and Comrie, so why am I even bothering, you know, mixing anything up that's probably not going to work anyways. Right. How far does your study go back? You don't go back to Ty Conklin, do you? No, I, I went back uh, five years. I skipped the COVID year because that was a okay. weird year. Uh, I even went back and looked at Ryan Miller when he was traded, coincidentally enough. I put that in the article, too. So when, when he was with the Sabres, before he got traded, he was a plus 5.74 goals to above expected. He went to the Blues post-deadline. He was a negative 5.7-something. So, you know, another Pretty, example of one of the biggest goaltending for, trades in recent history, and, and that also did work. Right, like a definitive example of your point. Doesn't include playoffs. Is there anything different about how the playoff performances have gone? Uh, I didn't look into that, but I, I think a lot of those scenarios, uh, I mean, if I look at the players of the roster, like it was Peter, it was, it was a whole list of, literally it was an entire list of, like, Ken Talbot and Corpus Allos. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that are now backups that I think their team didn't even make the playoffs or those guys didn't even get playoff games because of how bad they were. Miller's. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think there's much go off. I mean, I think Miller's numbers even in the playoffs weren't even that good for the Blues either. Right. They, they lost to Chicago, I think, that year. Not a, yeah. not a great matchup, but still. How far do you go back, actually, with this team? I, I'm not sure like where your starting point is. In terms of covering them? Yeah, well, just you know, as a fan or that, either. Uh, well, I think this is my eighth year covering them. Um, I go back, I'll say realistically, I go back uh, to probably the 05 6 season. That's when I got back into hockey again. And then the year after that, I was a season ticket holder for a couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, that 05 06 season definitely pulled me back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I would say that's the start of, of my getting back into hockey again. And then I kind of grew from there. And then, yeah, I've been covering them for, I, I think this is eight years now, maybe longer, but like eight years. That makes sense that that season could hook you. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking today about just how this moment compares with then. And that's not just in terms of the trade deadline, but because it's not, it's not very much the same at all as, mm-hmm. as 2006. But just sort of like where the fans are. There's definitely an energy now. It's been a really good year for them uh, on and off the ice. And a year it's it's been badly needed. But... We're yeah. not, and nobody's saying they are, but we're at, at at that point. Like we went from zero to sixty that year. You you're saying you remember it. Like it was just sort of out of the canceled season, rock bottom. Oh, they're going to have penalties for like if you get thrown out of the faceoff circle twice. Um, automatic delay of game penalties. No no red line. The different the different things that they're just going with that year as it started, and then by this time of year, we're just wondering about the Stanley Cup. Like it was mm-hmm. absolutely outrageous but then i think you know it's long enough ago where i'm not sure i want to build a topic around that because some number of our listeners don't remember it I and mean, it's just yeah. been too far back so good to know that you at least um go back that far 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go back all the way to the glory days, and hopefully the new glory days are starting now. Yes, because you really don't want to call glory days years where you lost two times in the third round. <laughs> you you want to you want to strive yeah, yeah. you want to strive for higher. So let's let's exactly. let's do that. And you know, being quote smart, careful at this deadline uh, is one way to avoid you know maybe falling for a bad idea here in the next few days. Which absolutely, we both sound pretty confident that the, the Sabers will not be so gullible. No, All right, I don't think so. good, Chad. Great job. Thanks for your time as always. All right, thanks, Mike. All right, Chad D. Domenesis, expected Buffalo. You've heard him on the station plenty of times, I would think, over uh, recent years. Next up, we're going to switch to football for a few minutes and talk about Lamar Jackson and his situation with the Ravens. What are the odds? And who's to blame here, if not everybody, for where the Ravens are at with Jackson? Coming up, it's Jeremy Kahn from 106.7, the fan in – is it the fan? In Baltimore. Is every other station but ours the fan? I feel like it, yeah. Is it W? Should we be the fan? Like, everybody's the fan these days? All right. I was just in Baltimore and Washington over the weekend. Uh, so, so nothing. <laughs> we'll have nothing to do with uh, the conversation ahead. Sal Capaccio at 5. The NFL Combine is this week. Little Jets as well later with Dan Leberfeld. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is off this week. This is WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Fun week with the NFL Combine. Lots of sports are interesting this week. We've been talking hockey trade deadline, the spring training games, NCAA basketball conference tournaments are starting. I spent the weekend near where our next guest is located 
in Northern Virginia watching the PLL Championship Series, Premier Lacrosse League. Really entertaining and interesting how this league is marketed, uh, I think, really smartly. Jeremy Kahn with us out of Baltimore, co-host of the Big Bad Morning Show there. Are you into lacrosse at all, Jeremy? I know it's big where you live. It's huge here. Uh, I am not as much. I mean, look, I know enough about it from living here and, and how important it's been from not only Maryland, Loyola, Hopkins. I mean, we talk about it every year when it rolls around. But it's, uh, you know, basketball, football, baseball, those are my things. Um, yeah. <laughs> that I've been, you know, as far as gambling, everything else that goes with it. But uh, this this stuff is kind of interesting because we've been talking lacrosse here for years, and it's just they keep saying it's one of the fastest-growing sports in America, but um, you know, we've, we've been talking about it for years, so uh, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> there, when I was first starting in the media, there was, I, it wasn't something like I didn't know him well enough to know this from him, but it was secondhand. There was an editor at the newspaper where I worked, and he would make a, a similar sort of joke. He'd be like, Soccer is the fastest growing sport in America for the 30th year in a row. Yeah. So, <laughs> like that. But yeah, uh, I mean, that's kind of how it is here, too, because like lacrosse has been kind of, uh, I mean, it's huge. I coach, uh, high school basketball and AAU basketball here locally. And, I mean, I've had kids on my team saying, Coach, I can't make the championship. We have lacrosse practice coming up. I'm going, what are you talking about? <laughs> you mean you're skipping a championship in another sport? Because, I mean, look, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's a major sport here. So um doesn't surprise me at all that, that you're talking about it as well up north. Yep. My son is a player. We were down there for that thing. And he's, uh, like, the mornings were open. And he goes, Dad, I want to go to – East Coast dies in Towson, Maryland, like a, a factory. I'm yeah. like, buddy, it's like an hour and a half away. What is this going to be? Like, can you take a tour or everything like that? And he's like, yeah. And I knew nothing about it. So I drive him up to Towson, and it was great. Like, it was just, you know, they're sh- shipping crates off to dicks all over the country and everything, oh, making yeah. sticks and heads and everything. So uh, really good. Well, thanks for indulging me here, Jeremy. Oh, no worries. I even played in a charity uh, indoor soccer thing. It was a media thing with Paul Rabel. We were yeah. supposed to have something where he was supposed to come to town and shoot a goal against me, but I guess that fell through. Yeah, that's what I want to do is get in the goal where the guy's going to throw it like 140 miles an hour. <laughs> the, fo- the founder of the Premier Lacrosse League, for those who don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, I'm assuming you were not obligated to take the time out of your day to join me. So if I'm right, how close are you getting to being sick of the Lamar Jackson conversation. Well, I was, it's funny because I was actually talking about it on my show this morning. I mentioned that I've gone on a couple of shows from last week through this weekend. Um, I do stuff with the BetQL network as well and all their shows. And everybody's like, what's going on with Lamar? And I hate telling everyone, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this thing, it's, yeah, it, it's frustrating because, first off, he doesn't have an agent. We don't know what to believe. There have been things leaked out to media members, like, you know, highfalutin media members, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the Joe Cena Andersons. And then there's been the local guys that have had some information and reports have conflicted. We don't know how much guaranteed money without an agent that's going to – like with Dak Prescott, we knew what he wanted. We knew he wanted to be with the Cowboys. He wanted to make roughly $40 million a year, and depending on how much guaranteed money. Um, with Lamar, the, the way the story goes is that he wants a guaranteed deal. Now, is it is he looking for a fully guaranteed deal? Would he, would he accept a three-year deal that's fully guaranteed? How much of that's guaranteed if, if he does get hurt and all these other – are there any clauses in there? I mean, there's all types of things that could happen. But meanwhile, we're sitting here talking about something where unless you're in that inner circle, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, um, it's it. I, my instinct is to try to read into every sort of report. I was doing that. I, I don't know if you had a reaction to this, Jeremy, but when Jackson was injured, 
Like the next day, Adam Schefter was right there with the Ravens expect this to take one to three weeks, mm-hmm. which for me was oddly specific. Like one to three weeks. And doctors were saying, I don't know, like this is the kind of injury that can definitely take more than that. It read to me like, okay, you know, both sides are working against each other a little bit in a way that doesn't look good for the situation. And the Ravens wanted out there that, all right, you get three weeks, but then after that we're playing for our playoff lives in the playoffs and you'll be here, right? Like they, they were putting the, the screws to him a little bit through the media, which perhaps both parties are, are doing. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it's funny, like, just to give you the backdrop on me, like when the Ravens drafted him, I didn't want him to draft him. I thought they could have fixed this team in other ways. After watching him for those, what, eight games in the playoffs, you're going, all right, this isn't sustainable. You can't run essentially an option offense at the NFL level and expect it to work out for the long haul. Then the next year he wins an MVP. And immediately, if you watch that Miami game earlier in the year, you're going, this kid can play. Like this isn't a, it's, it's not just a matter of he's a running back that can also throw like, He's got, a, he's got a pretty good arm. Now, are there aspects of his game he has to work on? Absolutely. The deep ball, outside the hashes, all those things. Every quarterback has something that they need to work on. Um, but, you know, one of the reporters that I work with on our Monday morning quarterback show, he brought up the fact that he wasn't coming back for um, uh, treatment at the facility. And then he said, whoops, on the air. So I thought the cat was out of the bag. I started talking about it two days later. And, like, I got – vilified by all the Lamar fans here. And it's weird because this city is somewhat split. There are a lot of people that don't want him here that never liked him. And that's for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people that really love him. And I think when you look at him, uh, I mean, he's just, he's a special player. I don't know that if you trade him, you get fair value back. We don't know what his injury issues are going to be moving forward. I mean, there's a lot in this. And also the fact that the NFL player association is working with him. And I think this is a bigger thing that people aren't focusing in on because the next guys up are Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert who come from smaller market teams. And if they get fully guaranteed deals, all that money goes into escrow. So it makes me wonder if the players association is really pushing for Lamar to get this, which obviously they are, they want him to get a fully guaranteed deal because it changes the landscape for every other player in the league. And that's why they have their hands in this as well. Jeremy Connor guest for a few more minutes here on Twitter at Jeremy Con 1057 1057 his, his station in, in Baltimore. So, um, I mean, we're all in the dark here, Jeremy, but, mm-hmm. like, do you care to put odds on it? I mean, it's I, 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 you said how you're known by your audience. It's really more me in, in the room here. I, I always describe myself as gullible. Like, this is the time of year where I'm always getting suckered because, you know, it's draft season and there'll be this. Like, I'll, I'll just believe it. It's fun to believe these things. And so that's me a little bit. But I have refused to believe that the Jack that the Ravens would trade Lamar Jackson that there could be a trade out there that they would that they would make at least earlier in the offseason maybe later it's yeah. a different story but later it's probably not as good of a deal but uh the guys in the room with me are all like no I think it's going to happen like everybody keeps telling me that that they think the odds are better than 50-50 that there's a deal how about you yeah i mean look i am a betting man i would bet that he ends up traded i just think there's too much smoke out there um, there are a couple things that point to it. And, you know, when I brought up the story about me not wanting Lamar here, the year after watching him play, um, or the, that second year when it started, I said I was wrong. Like, I mean, this kid's special, and I want the Ravens to sign him. But if I were – I am a betting man, but I would push all my chips in the middle that they trade him. They have five draft picks coming in the next year. Um, and the longer this goes on, the I mean, I, I guess unless you're trading to get a quarterback back from a team, and that has to be a specific situation. And don't give me Atlanta because they can keep Ritter. I don't even want to see him here. But – um, but the, the fact remains, like, 
you guys know it before you found Josh Allen, like these organizations that are starved for quarterbacks that appear to do anything just to go get one, i.e. the Cleveland Browns paying Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money without even knowing how long he'd be suspended for. I think, you know, you look at those teams and I remember what it was like through the bowler years. I remember what it was like when they lucked into Flacco and his first game, he couldn't have looked any worse as an NFL player in a, in a preseason game. So um, until he finally figured it out, and then they, they got hot and won a Super Bowl. And let's be honest, that's all that was. They got hot at the right time. So, so the fact remains that if you trade him away, you're still looking for the most important position on the field. I don't care how good your roster is. That's a tough ask. Do you have an idea you like? Like whether it's, I mean, who? They're, I can think of names. So could you. Justin Fields, yeah. you know, some possibility. Well, that would be awesome. I saw the report um, that the Bears are more than willing to trade the number one pick than trade Justin Fields from Schefter today. But, again, those stories have changed over time. I think the Atlanta trade makes a ton of sense for, for both teams. Um, there were rumors that the Ravens would ask, ask for Terrell, that first-round cornerback they got, um, and a couple of first-round picks, plus they have multiple picks. We've heard the Jets, but it seems like they've kind of zeroed in on Carr or Rodgers. Um, we've heard the Houston Texans. Um, it does make me wonder if a Texans thing comes. Do they end up trading Patrick Queen? Do they wait till the end of the year to let him walk? Because I can't see them paying two middle linebackers that type of money. So there is a lot to talk about and a lot of these teams that are intriguing. But um, I think the Atlanta one makes the most sense to me. But I guess we'll find out. And the Ravens will, if they know they're going to trade him, then they'll hold him up for as long as they can, I assume. I mean, you say you're not a Desmond Ritter fan. I'm not really either. He's a third-round pick who hasn't done anything in the league. What kind of pressure exists on the organization with Harbaugh on up to have a quarterback on the field week one that's, you know, credible. Somebody that, I mean, this team's been so good, even these last two years. Jackson gets hurt and the wheels fall off, but they're still, you know, a good team before that happens, if not very good. Like, I think I feel like they kind of need that. Um, maybe they don't. You're not or... interested in Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley? I mean, he went to the that, Pro Bowl this year. That... Every single quarterback said no. So we got that going for us, but uh, no. I, you know, they, they have to find something. I mean, there, there's a lot. This is one of those years where it's like, it's. Uh, I mean, it's buyer beware of what's out there. The Jameis Winston's, uh, what happens with Geno Smith? What you know, Baker Mayfield. Some of these names that could potentially be out there. Are you waiting for someone to get cut? Um, are you trading for someone? So they got two guys here that played for him quite a bit, um, and I'm assuming the system has to change with Todd Munkin coming in. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's. There's a lot that's going on, and it's just so crazy that we don't have any answers. And I, I feel so silly coming on some of these shows just repetitively saying, I don't know. But I, I think it's better than giving you the alternative, making something up and telling you I do know. But they, they in this day and age with social media, you'd feel like something would leak out at some point, right? <laughs> I, I think they both have ways of working, sort of trying to embarrass the other side, which is, yeah. you know, a, it's a bad omen. But, no, I, I totally respect I don't know. That's my answer to most things. I mean, just yeah. – <laughs> Well, I, I, look, and I'm an opinionated guy, too, so like I, I call it like I see it. It doesn't mean I'm always going to be right, but the fact remains that you look at this Ravens team, they're built to win now. I mean, they are. They just, sure. they, they're they just missing a wide receiver on offense, which would be a number one if you if you could pick. And other than that, I feel like they have all the pieces uh, if, if they can stay healthy, and that's another big if. Jeremy, thanks a lot for today. Good luck to you. Yeah, anytime, guys. All right, Jeremy Kahn, Baltimore. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 is his Twitter handle, 105.7 the fan in Baltimore. I got the numbers wrong earlier. The frequency. Almost couldn't think of the word. I've been at this long enough. Not a word we need to use that often, but I should know it. Man, I just cannot 
So here, here's what I can believe. I, mean, I, can, I can imagine a trade. I understand why there would be one. I can believe and I do think that Jackson is playing it, playing hardball. Like that's been clear, clear the whole way. He wants his guaranteed money. And if it means leaving, he'll leave. Like there, there's no question in my mind about that. That I, I don't know if he'll wait forever. That he's their property. But I believe he's firm on that. And the Ravens have to decide, and more and more people talk like they think the Ravens have decided to believe him and move him. They, they have to decide how long he'll go and how long they're willing to wait. And if they don't trade him in the offseason because they don't think they, they think they can get him signed eventually, then it's Tyler Huntley. I mean, he's at least keep forgetting about him. Brett Coleman last week was like, they really like him. I mean, they've they've gone with him a couple of times. Their record is horrendous, if if that's not a unfair way to look at it. Um if they feel like they have a quarterback on the roster that's good, then they don't have to trade Jackson. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why it would get so noisy and you'd want to be done with it. I guess that's a reason for trading him, too, that you've got a quarterback you like and you could do that. But I guess I just, for me, Huntley is a, is a no. I mean, I just, the, the organization, they have too many good players and they're too far ahead to think. And what have the results been? Like, why would, hmm. Not why would they like him. It's just that's a tough sell. I mean, the, a Jackson trade, I think, I guess maybe I'm wrong, but I think only works if they can find their way to somebody else who is credible. And, okay, well, it didn't work out, but we've got this guy now. Like, not, not even like Geno Smith. I mean, that that worked pretty well, but that wasn't credible like that. It turns out it was right to think it could work because he did very well. So maybe Huntley would or some other idea, but, man, that is – such a tough situation for them at this point, or you're thinking about what where they were a couple of years ago. I think he'd be out of there already. It's just it would have been unconscionable then. But maybe we're uh, we're close to that point. Staying with the NFL, Sal Capaccio joins me at the top of the hour. We'll talk about the upcoming NFL Combine, and that when you're talking Combine, you're talking draft, which is I think two months away, maybe exactly. So that'll be fun. More NFL later, too. Dan Leberfeld on the Jets. We'll get some more hockey in as we go. Had a nice chat with Chad Dedeminesis, talking about the Sabres, their week ahead, the trade deadline, which is Friday at 3. Bulldog is off this week. I'm Mike Shope, and this is WGR. So now what they've done, they look at the Metropolitan, trying to hold on to home ice, get first place potentially versus, uh, you know, surpass the Carolina Hurricanes, and... This is a team now that I think can absolutely emerge from the Metropolitan Division with the addition of Timo Meyer. All right. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Me too. <laughs> Craig Button, 
Find, na- name the team you think that can't. That'd be interesting. Um, Jersey's good. They're right behind, and this is a big trade and a good player. So why wouldn't somebody think they have a chance to emerge from that division? Definitely. Congrats to Lindy Ruff. That's been a, a good story this year, a great story this year. And uh, I like that move. I would have liked it for the Sabres, probably. We certainly talked about it a lot. Meyer, the biggest name on the market. But the more I think about it, it's just like not time yet. Jersey's right near first place. They've had a better season. They have a better team. And they've also been out of it for a long time. So all the more reason to want to like really show that you're going for it. And the Sabres will, will get there, I, I think. But as far as this year goes, a couple of more subtle depth kind of, not even depth. Depth means like sort of if someone gets hurt. I don't mean that. I, think, I mean above that. Like to see uh, the blue line addressed. Great weekend, though. All different games. Like the back and forth in Tampa, the game where they're just getting destroyed in the shots, but win in Florida. And then yesterday's a party, uh, three in four. That's a great job. Still one point out. I was away for the weekend, actually going back to Wednesday morning, went to Virginia for that Premier Lacrosse League championship series. Really impressive those, those games were on ESPN Plus or ESPN2. ESPNU had the final yesterday. It's interesting to think about. So this is a league where I think there are eight teams. This tournament is in their offseason. Another great idea, like an offseason tournament where the four top regular season teams from last year compete. So it's not everybody, but really fun, sort of fast-moving, short games, like just really good, really very fan-friendly in a lot of ways. This is another one of those leagues where the teams aren't located in places like the, uh, what, the XFL or the USFL, maybe. The USFL had cities in their names, but they all played in Birmingham. Women's hockey, where you just have teams, but they're not named for cities, just sort of entrenched in in places. PLL is different from like the Bandits League, the, the National Lacrosse League. These guys don't have city attachments, and they play their games all over the country. They're, they're coming to your town. They're going to San Diego. They're going to Salt Lake. They're going to Boston, you know, wherever. I don't think they're anywhere too close to us this summer, but, you know, they have lots of fans, and there were people there from all over. It's just interesting, like, how you choose a favorite. My son is into this one team called the Chrome, which ended up winning it. And, you know, like, usually with sports teams, they choose you. You're born. And then you live in a house with your parents who root for a team and your friends root for that team and that team plays around the corner and that's your team. Like, usually they choose you. The Bills chose us. The Sabres chose us. But in a league like this, you pick. So how do you pick? Two easy ways. I don't know just how great these ways are. Maybe there's a better way, but you're going to go by uniforms, names slash uniforms. How do they look? And then players. And hopefully your guys stick around on that team for long enough, which is a pro- more and more a problem as we go through the years in sports because guys are moving around all the time. But just like that's a sort of a confused, not confusing, just sort of a different thing about it is how do you how do you pick a favorite team? But my my boy was into the uh, Chrome. Like that's his one guy was Nauskis, a star at Maryland, is playing uh, for that team, and I got, I got really into it. Like by Wednesday, I could only name a handful of players that he's mentioned. 
But even by Friday, I knew the rosters. <laughs> I was just, you know, able to have a conversation with him because he's an authority at 13 about these games. And then it was reached like the tactics very similar to basketball. How this Chrome team didn't seem like they had the players as many of the the, the top skilled players, but they figured out through defense and playing physical against a couple of certain stars they were playing against. It really worked, and they didn't win by a lot, but they they got there. So really loved it, really loved it. That season is still – this is just like a one-off, off-season tournament that they call the championship series. That season is – I think it gets underway in June or thereabouts. Sal Capaccio after sports. This is Mike Shope on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.